Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. This is episode 153 for your scorecards. Um, I'm Aaron. With me, as always, is Dave and Fredo. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello, hello. And uh, so tonight's episode, we're we're not going to be talking about the Mandalorian, kind of. Uh, we got we've got tons of we've got tons of uh, celebration news to talk about. Holy crap! Did they did they give us a lot to talk about? So what we're going to do is talk about the last two episodes um, next week because they kind of go together, apparently. Um, but I do have to ask you guys just a spoiler-free, just kind of impression of um, just like Cliff's Notes thoughts on last night's episode of The Mandalorian because it is called Spies. So let's just who do you, who do you think the uh, we we obviously we know one spy is Elia Kane. Who's the, who's the other spy? This is when we need Scott Colesby on the show because I've watched and I told Brittany I said I've watched enough WWE to know that a heel turn is coming here. <laughs> and that's the thing. Sometimes they do like WWE. They do. Uh, they give you an expectation of what's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen because so many people expect it. Are you saying uh, that yeah. possibly the other spy is maybe Bo-Katan, or that Bo-Katan and the Armorer are working together? That, that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense. But I mean, no, I, I, I think if go ahead, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I think if we're going to nominate, I, I've seen so far like three big nominations for the spies that are, you know, because the episodes have all titled after people in the episodes. So uh, for me, it's the uh, new Mandalorians, the ones who are on Mandalore. Who've been somehow survived everything that's happened? Who didn't turn up when uh, either uh, Din Djarin or Bo-Katan turned up a Mandalore? So, but they knew exactly how to get to the forge. That's so, true. You know, it's very sketchy when you're like, "Oh, new Mandalorians," and they're taking you exactly to the trap. So that's that's my guess. And think about that. So maybe they're uh, trying to make us think that it's the armor. It seems like that's the that's the obvious one because I liked somebody who said it's like in season two at the beginning of season two, it's like, you know, look, here's the big pile of, you know, all the dead Mandalorians, but I made it out. Okay. Um, and it's like, Oh, I'm going to take the sick people up to the fleet. All right. Where they're, you know, it's so it, it's, it's obvious, but it's almost too obvious is the problem. Dave, I don't know where you're thinking. Yeah, kind of with you guys. Um, I I haven't trusted her for a while now, and I've mentioned as much on the show. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, I get the, the whole thing. So she won't take off the helmet, and you can't see her face, and just like oh, I don't know what she's thinking. I really don't. Um, and so like there's that out. El- that's been that element to her since the very beginning. And then you see the Death Watch connections, etc. Um, so it's like probably but like i'm kind of with you guys i I, i'm not not sure i trust these uh these mandalorians who were left on the surface either yeah yeah it was it was a good episode it was Mm -hmm. a very good episode Mm -hmm. um so yeah we shall see and and i'm sorry just we have talked very quickly baby yoda in the ig88 or (laughs) the ig11 ig12 uh 
droid car. <laughs> you mean pulling a crank from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was just, it was just uh, the the whole, you know, yes, no, no, yes, no. the whole thing. That was just hilarious. Um, uh, uh, and they yeah. did it just enough. They did mm-hmm. it just enough. That walking down the street thing where you just kept going, yes, 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 yes. Um, I, and I'm and I'm sure Dave will appreciate that. Like any kid who just learned, hey, I can I can walk and I can reach. They start going for, ooh, I like that. That's shiny. Like, no, no, let's go. No, get away from that. You know, it's like you're trying to hurt them away from all the stuff that they don't now find exciting that they can grab. And again, I didn't want to talk about the episode all that much. I yeah. just wanted to hear brief impressions. But uh, that is kind of an ingenious thing. It's like, okay, we got a lot of stuff to do here, and we can't be worrying about how we're going to tote Grogu around. Let's put him in IGA 11. It's like, perfect. Done. <laughs> so, but, anyway. But uh, it, one thing I'll say, just right quick, because it allows us to start seeing him as more grown up. Because the little bassinet that he was sitting on, the little uh, floating thing that he's had it's almost like a crib like a portable crib and that's why the baby yoda term comes from ig12 he's in control of that so it's showing you oh no he is growing he is developing yeah. it's further showing that at some point when he says this is the way at some point we shouldn't be going oh my gosh the baby spoke we should all be going like no he's been growing up so you know I have, I have many thoughts for next week, but uh, I will I will tease that uh, studio interference might be at play with some of this stuff. And that's all I'll say. All right. Well, let's get into celebration. Um, we're skipping trivia, too, because, guys, there's just there's just tons. So, you know, if you listen to our, our last episode and we made predictions we made and hot takes and stuff like that and and actually i think um one of my hot takes actually has kind of come come true they've uh the lando is not off the table so anyway but the first thing that came right out the gate and dave's a happy guy um we're all happy guys for this but uh the lucasfilm panel three movies announced three and that, that wasn't one. the most surprising thing but it was three um so what we have uh we got one that's going to be um the uh the like star wars avengers what we talked about you know dave filoni's directing that one with it's going to be mm-hmm. all the disney plus people um and if that's done well that's going to be a fun movie if that's done well it's going to be a fun movie um that should be the easiest one to sell, I think, just because the characters are in everybody's heads. We're seeing them every year. That should be the one that, like, like the other two, they have, they may have some issues getting, you know, attracting you know, overall, you know, casual audiences. Dave's Filoni's uh, movie should be kind of like, oh, I know this person, I know this person, I know this character, and the idea of them coming together, Avengers style, is just gonna, it should be an easy, you know, win for them. And and James Mangold must listen to this podcast and know what my biggest wish for a Star Wars movie is. And he's doing basically the dawn of the Jedi, you know, basically when the force came to be, you know, so we're, we're getting a Genesis, you know, 
Um, I need I need a 2001 scene where you know like he's hitting th- things <laughs> the ape hitting things with a bone you know and and then it turns into a lightsaber <laughs> or it's like <laughs> I, I need that hammer and he reaches out and it flies into his hand yeah um, <laughs> but I that this is the one that, I mean it seems like it's been the most obvious one sitting there to mm-hmm. explain you know where this came all this came from and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see you know what kind of science goes into figuring out that's the you know midi chlorians and whatnot but i'm just like well that's twenty five thousand years in the past um yeah he's describing it like cecil b demille style which you know for the newer audience that's the ten commandments so he's describing like a biblical epic which on the one hand, sounds awesome to imagine a biblical epic with the Force and the Jedi and the whatnot. On the other hand, I'm like, that's a big ask. I mean, are you going to make a three-hour movie, somebody in the role of Char- Charlton Heston style, somebody in the role of like Yul Brynner? You know, that's that could be a tall order for a movie to be done that way, just because movies, you know, th- that's old-school Hollywood. That don't even think, you, you know, even something like Gladiator didn't quite go that far. It, it sounds like nothing we've ever seen, which is part of what makes it so exciting. Then, and I'll mention the third one, then we'll just talk about what we're mm-hmm. most excited about and stuff like this. But the third mm-hmm. one uh, is uh, directing, directed, re- directed? Yes. Directed yes. by uh, Charmaine Obeid Chinoy, who directed Miss mm-hmm. Marvel. Mm-hmm. And um, um, going to direct a movie set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker about the rise of a new Jedi order. And then they brought out, they said, well, we need a Jedi master for this. And they brought out Daisy Ridley. That's exciting. I mean, so these three, these, uh, that, that announcement day, that, that Lucasfilm panel day that I had, I had goosebumps when I was reading the stuff that is coming out. And then of course they showed the Raiders of the Lost Ark trailer and stuff like that. And I was just, I was really excited about all these things. I don't know. Dave, what were what what did you think when you got all these uh announcements? You know, the uh we talked about um the, I think I think Fredo might have shared an, an article that was like uh playing it safe, essentially, right? Um in like uh he we already talked about the Filoni project being like the the crossover event, and that seems like a safe bet. Um and then like Ray seems like a safe bet. Uh, a lot of the younger generation really liked those movies um, and really liked Ray as a character. I was going to say they liked Ray um, specifically. Yeah. And, and like some of the supporting cast uh, still adored. Um, and like, there's a lot of potential to bring them, some of those characters back. And so um, I think it's, like for me that was the one that really sort of jumped out at me as being surprising um i didn't know that any of the actors from the sequel trilogy would have been quite so eager to sign on to anything at this point and this project is apparently far enough along in the writing stage that they felt comfortable signing daisy up and parading her out on stage and uh, that tells me that they're going to do it. If they don't do it now, I mean, they're going to have so much egg on their faces. You know, from a from a, an actor's ego point of view, 
that's all I'm going and with all due respect to actors who listen to this but you know it it makes sense that Daisy Ridley is like yeah I'll do it because for three movies she was yes it was an ensemble cast but she was the star she was the you know main you know element to those three movies and so if you're Oscar Isaac and John Boyega and John Boyega even as you know has said recently felt kind of burned by the whole thing because that's the thing is like okay so are we going to see Finn in this movie because it was you know more more than hinted at that he has you know he's force sensitive in the rise of skywalker um so but he wasn't brought out on stage you know and there's a lot of <laughs> he's time not here plugged. yeah yeah he's not locked in yet um and, and maybe a, it doesn't maybe it's a story that doesn't involve him maybe they're gonna kill him off screen i don't know yeah, they may not have decided that any of that. Uh, because again, like we think this is that script um that was being worked on by Lindelof. Mm-hmm. And he walked away from the project and they've handed it over to new writers at this point. And he said that it was essentially done, but he wasn't happy with it. Um and so like it's gonna get rewritten and brushed up. Like maybe John's in a version of the script. Maybe he's not in a version of the script. You know, it's just like there's a lot that still has to play out with that. Um, But they're committed at this point to telling a story involving Ray Skywalker, Um, which is kind of cool and exciting for people that like are are like us who are like, well, I'm kind of itching for some movies again. Um, This is this is happening. So and we could end up taking up the whole episode talking about this one thing, but this is, you know, it, and I, I can't remember which podcast I heard this from. And I, I, I agree with them that the hope is that we don't go back to the, the typical star Wars. Well, and, all right, I'm starting a new Jedi order and oh look, one kid goes bad and oh now here, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we had had the prequels and Anakin turns bad and becomes Darth Vader, then you in the sequels you have um, you know, Kylo Ren is in you know, Luke Skywalker's Jedi Temple and goes bad and kills it. So, and I know George said they all kind of rhyme. But I don't know. I it, it would be yeah, I, maybe maybe it'd be more interesting, you know, because you're still living in a time where people think the Jedi were a myth. So how do you convince people? You know, maybe they see the Jedi as a, you know, kind of uh, all smoke and mirrors. You know, how do you convince? How do you convince the public to? Tr- or you know, how do you convince them to trust them? How do you convince them to you know believe in them? Whatever, Fredo. No, I was going to say, because uh, the other interesting thing is, while after the panel, a whole bunch of interviews with Kathleen Kennedy came out, and one a of them, nice she did a, yeah, she did a whole slew of interviews with Variety, Entertainment Weekly, and IGN, and in one of those, they asked her about the movies that just been announced, and she said on the new Jedi Order movie, the one with Ray, she says, the question they're going to ask is, does the galaxy need the Jedi anymore? Does the galaxy want the Jedi back? And I think... When you start looking at the way that the movie timeline and now with the Mandoverse, kind of what we're seeing now, 
that question never really got brought up. It's like, oh, the return of the Jedi back, everything's back to normal, and then we saw the sequels. It didn't really go out that way. So it's an interesting idea as to do, you know, does the galaxy need the Jedi, given everything that's gone on the previous two, three generations? Do they want them? And if so, in what shape, manner, or form? It's a different question that's being asked in that movie, and I think that could bring a whole new series of movies, TV shows, whatever, because now you're not putting them in a position of, oh, everybody just accepts the Jedi good and they're here to help. It's a, well, the Jedi here, oh boy, uh, you know, let's hope they don't screw things up. So it, it, it posits a different dynamic. And I think that's what makes it interesting. So before we move on to all of her interviews, um, cause she said mm-hmm. a lot, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, Dave, you gotta quit tweeting while we're podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> very very quickly um what uh which of these three movies are you most excited for and no you can't say all three of them all right that you have to pick one right now so fredo go what's your what's the one you most excited for the uh probably james mangle james mangle's one just because it's something we have no idea what they're gonna do it could be like it says epic in the cecil b the mill style and that intrigues me because that's a movie worth going to a movie theater to see. Whether or not he sticks the landing, that's that's fascinating to me in a way that I don't think it's it's daring in a way I don't think Star Wars gets too often or hasn't got in a while. Dave? I mean, like, gun to my head, I'm picking uh, Daisy Ridley. Uh, like, uh, I'm just really excited. Uh, not to, like, be too dramatic about it, but I don't like how Rise of Skywalker ended, and now we have an opportunity to uh, sort of right some wrongs. Cool. I mean, weren't you just happy to see her on stage getting yeah. all the love? Yeah. Like, it was like, I mean, you know, it's like people are going, like, it's great that we, you know, because even I think Kathleen even mentioned they might bring some of the other characters from the sequel trilogy back, and I would love for Kelly Mary Trent to turn up in there. For for uh for John Boyega to turn back in, just because you know they may not have felt that that ended well, so just the idea of writing wrongs, it's always good. And this mm-hmm. year, when we're writing wrongs, let's let's start, let's keep the train going. Well, I vote for the Mangold one as well, so mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that that film panel, and like I said, then they did an Indiana Jones thing. Did you guys dig the Indiana Jones trailer? I hate how much I dug it. <laughs> Because they said they they burned me before, and I, mm, you know, mm-hmm. you've never seen me as disappointed as when I walked out of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So you, they're like and the I, South Park episode. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. So now uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, it looks great. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridges looks just perfect comedy timing. So, and and I love. I think I tweeted this out. It's like it's leaning into Harrison Ford's innate cantankerousness. He's yeah. been, he's been, even when he was in his thirties, he was 70 years old at heart. So <laughs> now he's leaning full into it. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I'm going to wait for the reviews on that one before I uh, commit to seeing that one in theaters, uh, because I have been burned. You know uh, what? However, I will say I saw, um, crystal skull in the movie theater. So I, you know, I'll go see the other, I'll, I'll go see this in uh, the theater. Uh, um, I'm with you, Fredo. I got burned so badly by that movie. And I don't even think my expectations were like that high. You know, we talk about mm-hmm. like not raising your expectations, right? I was like, 
Did they lose you? Pre- they lose you at him getting stuffed into a refrigerator and surviving no, a nuclear blast. No, or... the fridge didn't lose me at all. It was the you know it was some of the alien stuff. Okay, the alien stuff should be okay. This is my whole thing with Indiana Jones. It shouldn't be explained. That's the whole point. It's like some energy blast appears and melts people's faces off. And like, is it what was it really? Was it God? Was it some sort of mystical power? You know, it's like, don't explain it to me. Let's not dwell on that. It's supposed to be a mystery. And when they went into like aliens and no, no, it's like that's where come sail away came from. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I've told that story before. And uh, the monkeys swinging on the vines and that God, like so much of that CGI was just bad. It was bad. Ugh. Dave needs a hug, everybody. All right. Movie, so. I hate that movie. I hated it. <laughs> he hates that in a way he doesn't hate Rice of Skywalker. Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, Kathleen Kennedy gets it's like, you know, after we've been complaining forever, it's like, why won't somebody say something about something? And she gets out and she's talking to everybody about everything. Um, it's like somebody like got her all liquored up at the hotel bar and, you know, she's just leaking out all the, the stuff. Um, so just kind of running, I'll just run down the bullets here one at a time. Um, none of the old projects. So Taika's movie or Rogue Squadron or Sean Levy's or Ryan Johnson's trilogy. None of them have been shelved. What do we yeah. think about that? That's, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, she mentions particularly with, with Ryan Johnson's that it's a question of timing, you know, because he's doing his Knives Out movies, he's doing other stuff. Uh, Taika, she mentions stuff later on with him. So I don't necessarily think, I think she wants to leave the door open. She wants to work with these creators, but at the same time, uh, making a movie, and we tend to over- undervalue, I think, as fans, just how much of hurting, an effort of hurting cats it is to make a movie. You got to get the, the, the right creators, the right actors, the right timing, the right finance. It all's got to line up. Otherwise, you miss your mark and things don't go well. So, you know, she's leaving the door open and I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was, admits that there's nothing ever official with Kevin Feige. That's so interesting. Do you think this was a story that was made up by fans and just got blogged about a whole bunch or do you think um kevin feige tried to make a power play and kathleen kennedy's kind of kicking them them between the legs here or i don't think the fans made it up because remember there were articles on like variety and whatnot announcing screenwriters being hired for this thing so like you don't put that on the trade the, the movie industry trade paper just to throw people off the scent. So I think there was something in there, but I also think Kevin, I mean, and she admits Kevin Feige is currently busy trying to, you know, sort out his own house at Marvel. So the word official is interesting because it just tells me that they didn't like sign a contract or whatever. Um, like he may have had an un- unofficial conversation about it. She should, she could have said something like, yeah, sure. Get a couple of writers together and show me what you can come up with. Um, and then maybe it languished or, you know, he didn't have time for it or whatever, you know. There's a lot of different possibilities, but it is interesting because a lot of people reported on that, that he was working on something. And uh, it turns out that uh, that didn't get very far at all. 
Rogue Squadron might happen. This might still happen either as a movie or TV series without Patty Jenkins. Could this be a, could they see this as a possibility of getting the, the concept of Rangers of the New Republic and Rogue Squad? Could we merge those two? Because um, a lot of people were excited to see, you know, Carson Tiva and, you know, all those guys, you could marry the two. And you could have Carson Tiva and Tiva and Seb as your stars every week as Road Squadron. I don't think fans would be against that. So, uh, I mean, the advantage of something like Road Squadron is that um, it's a concept that could apply to either the Age of the Rebellion, you could do it during the New Republic's period, you could do it during the Resistance or afterwards. So, timing-wise, it could go whenever. And the idea of just hotshot pilots, like personally, I'd love it if it was Carson Tiva and Seb show. But if you decide to go somewhere else, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing you can adapt to different characters and different time periods, and it doesn't have to be any one thing. Uh, and so, yeah, this this feels like a bit of an Obi Wan situation, where it's like, yeah, we're going to return to this idea at some point. And uh, it, it just made morph a little bit. The first four episodes of The Acolyte are done, and she loved them. And I, don't, I can't remember, I don't think we actually, this was the funniest thing that came out of it was said that The Acolyte was pitched as Frozen meets Kill Bill. And mm-hmm. I watched the, some of the bootleg trailer, you know, the people who, you know, filmed with their phones at the and it martial arts and star wars man it, it looked pretty dang cool i think because of the because of the advantage because you're shooting it during the period of the high republic uh you get to give you a completely different flavor of jedi completely different flavor of threat so it does it can go a number of different ways it's not the jedi order we met in the prequels and uh, that's going to be one of the most interesting is interesting things for me to kind of look at is how they're juxtaposing the Jedi at that period during the Acolyte versus, say, the new Jedi Order that Rey tries to put together. Because we've seen different dynamics within this one group and uh, getting to get a different flavor of it, I think, will be exciting for me. Hey, yeah, apparently it's going to be one of the things. The one nugget that I read on this was that it was going to really respect the High Republic uh, stuff that's been written already. Um, And like they're going through that with a comb and making sure they're not missing anything and that they're being uh, respectful of a lot of that source material there. So um, that's good. You know, we're not rebooting the universe every every uh, 10 minutes. So that's good. I I loved I I loved the likes of the description Frozen meets Kill Bill and I also loved the people's reaction I was like this makes no sense you know and and it's like well sure it does I mean have you ever seen Frozen I that that seems like a totally good Star Wars movie where it's like one sister realizes she has powers that could be dangerous and so I'm going to go hide myself away so I don't hurt my family you know and Plus martial arts. It's like, I don't know. People, yeah. people drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> get off my lawn. It's, I mean, yeah. so, but it is, and who knows if that's a correct interpretation. That's my interpretation. It makes sense to me. 
Um, and we talked about this before. Lando is still happening, and Donald Glover is very excited about it. I did see an article uh, interview with Donald Glover, and he says he would love to do Lando if it's with the right people and if it's a good story. He just doesn't want to do it to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was excited about this one, not just because my hot take you know, uh, came true. No, I think I think it's a good again. Kathleen Kennedy doesn't slam the door shut on anything unless it's a hundred percent shut. So, leaving it out there as an option for Donald Glover whenever he feels comfortable. I mean, I'm trying to remember. You know, he might be about the same. He's about the same age as Billy D was when he did it in Empire. So the idea of him doing this character, he could be much in the same way as somebody like Daisy Ridley, or some of the other characters where they can come back and re- or Alec, um, Ewan McGregor, where you can go back and revisit this character in various points in his life. So there's nothing saying that he has to be a TV show akin to The Mandalorian. It could be limited series that you do every five, three, four years, as much as, you know, as Donald wants to make it. By the way, um, because you mentioned Ewan McGregor, I just want to tell you guys as an aside, um, I... For like, I think I was on Saturday or Sunday, just needed something to watch, and I watched the last episode of Obi Wan Kenobi. That was such a good series. Hello there. I'm with you. It was I know such a good so... series, and that was such a heartwarming episode. Um, anyway, anyway, I will listen to anyone that wants to say that it should have been a movie. I'll listen to that. Um, but yeah, and it ended so well. Yes. It ended yep. so so well. So anyway, like I said, apropos for nothing. It was just you mentioned yeah. you and McGregor. Um, okay, well, well, let's get Dave's impression on this one. Taika is still working and he's writing the script himself. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, again, I, I, we talked about this. It's like I. I need stuff that's fresh and new and different and weird and interesting and wild. And he's those things potentially. Um, so, you know, I'm all for it. If, you know, you can get him to focus on the thing and do it uh, in a, in a way that's not just overly wacky. Um, like I think Lord and Miller with solo, was a decided miss everybody at the studio felt that way apparently um because they had to replace them and uh, rework the whole freaking movie so like if the tone is like too severely off then yeah it could be an issue but well and that's you know fredo did you did you enter these into the the google doc yes all right yes so okay when when i read this taika is still working writing the script himself the first thing that comes Mm -hmm. to my mind is is there any oversight Mm -hmm. it's like hey you know at the end of the month turn us turn in what you got so we can take a look at this or is it going to be, no, I'm writing by myself and you'll get my script when I'm done with it. And then it's going to be handed over. And in a couple months, we're going to get a, oh, Taika's movie has been shelved because, you know, it's because yeah. of like, what is, yeah. because he wrote Thor Ragnarok for Star Wars, which, you know, could make the argument that could work. But I mean, like I said, I, I, still come, <laughs> I still come back to what Irvin Kirshner said in Empire. He said, I knew I needed humor without gags 
And my fear after seeing Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder that we got humor with gags instead of, you know, just some organic humor. Um, I would like to say briefly to the, um, this feels like it has the longest odds of happening of like basically anything that's sort of rumored or still on deck at this point. Um, The Lando thing, I, you know, that flip a coin on that. Uh, But this feels like, is he going to like bear down and write something that they think they can shoot? And then he's going to, and they're not going to find it to be problematic at any point or, or need to rework it or replace him or just cancel the whole thing. I I don't feel good about all of that, but um, I do think he could do it and it could be really good and really fun. I just, I think the odds are, are are a little bit stacked against them. Well, to, to that point, Dave, I mean, uh, look at the next bullet point, Aaron, and that one kind of bleeds into the first one, which is the core writer that was working with Taika appears to have moved on entirely. So it's 100% a Taika project. But Taika is also rumored right now to be working on the adaptation of the seminal Japanese anime Ak- Akira, 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 for Warner Brothers. That's his next project. So how much time is he actually putting into writing a entire Star Wars script by himself when he's also tackling on one of the biggest adaptation projects that's been sitting in Hollywood since the late 80s. Like, like, this is the kind of stuff that like James Cameron walked away from, that other major, uh, like they they were trying to get Tarantino at one point, they've been trying to get any kind of hotshot, big name uh, science fiction or creative uh, director to adapt this and now Taika's taking it on. So when you think about doing that, and writing a Star Wars movie, and that then you're gonna go direct. I, I I don't disagree with you guys. Where you go, this is the longest thought of any of the rumor projects that may not happen. Just because, let's face it, you know you can't. You know th- this isn't like oh you're making Jojo Rabbit while you're making Thor. You know after, between making your Thor movies, this is making a Thor movie and a Thor movie at the same time. You can't do both. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um... We, we talked about the next one, how Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. is still interested in he's, but he's doing other things. So we'll skip over that one. Um, this one. Okay. goes to what we're just a little bit of what we we're just talking about with Obi-Wan Kenobi, no active plans to continue Obi-Wan Kenobi at this time, but they're open to it. Ewan really wants to do another season. And I'm, I, I keep thinking about Steve Rogers at the end of Endgame, old Steve Rogers and, you know, when it's that look of contentment, you know, and, you know, and Sam says, you know, do you want to tell me about her? And he's like, no, you know, it's like, that's I, after watching this last episode of Kenobi again, I was just like, no, I'm good. You know, if you want to tell me about the training, I always said I wanted to see how he, you know, learned from Qui-Gon. The fact that I saw Qui-Gon and I know that that is happening now, I'm good. You know, if you want to write that in a book, you know, cool. But I don't. I don't need to see Obi Wan versus Anakin again. I think it would only take away from that, you know, last battle, which was incredible. Um, I don't need to see more of, you know, Obi Wan and Leia. Um, it's just. I, I just think they should just leave it alone. I think the the thing about it that's interesting is that uh, Ewan is an, into it and is, wants to revisit the character and do more with it. Um, and so, 
like if he's like spearheading it and you can get a good writer attached to it and come up with a good story then sure but um i i would shy away from some of the areas that you mentioned i would i would shy away from another vader confrontation i would shy away from incorporating leia again um i would i would probably want to tell a, a whole different story altogether yeah i'm thinking because 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 it's open because it's a weekend tnt had to move the, the star wars saga on again so i was watching him as he's as in a new hope obi-wan's characters you know talking about uh some of the imperial capabilities and whatnot with um uh whatchamacallit uh with uh oh with uh, han solo so the i love the fact that this series exists because it kind of answered some of the how does how does uh um obi-wan know that only stormtroopers can shoot this way or what's you know that that's a short-range fighter you know those kind of things now we know some of those things so i wouldn't be against it at the same time though i i do wonder how much more you can kind of push it just because of the standpoint of we know at some point he's got to be on tatooine to meet ezra we saw that you know i mean unless it's time to uh tell you and okay don't use your just for man or you you know gray your hairs out we're going to start bumping into that time period where you're supposed to be starting looking a bit more alkinacy. We got to see him. <laughs> we got to see him. Yeah, it's kind of... We got to see him wrestle some sand people. Um, yeah. But, okay. So, again, proof that Lucasfilm, somebody at Lucasfilm listens to this podcast The Crawl <laughs> will return. You know, yeah. I can't I can't fault them for saying we're going to try something different. And then this shows like when you it's like I'm going to try something different and then you go, "Not going to do that again." You know, it's like we're going to go back to this thing. I mean, I think that was probably it, it could have been it, we've we've talked about it a gazillion times. It would have fit well in Rogue One, it would have fit well in Solo. Um they tried to kind of do it with Solo. They should have just Every Star Wars movie should start with the main title theme, Star Wars, and then whatever the name of the movie is. It doesn't need to see episode whatever. You could just say, you know, Star Wars, my butt itches, and then give us a little synopsis and off we go. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it makes sense. It doesn't have to be... Oh, Dave froze in the middle of his joke. Um, so After 7 verse 2, yeah. yeah. No, I'd actually... You know, yeah, no, and actually, uh, Kathleen mentioned that they wanted a way to differentiate between the saga and the other movies, but now I think they recognize that because they're going to be making different movies across just different timelines, across the timeline, it, it makes a good sense to differentiate the, the movies from the TV shows with the crawl. But, Plus, but also, uh, it as says a, as an audience this member, is a Star Wars movie. This is, not a, this is not a Star Trek or some other sci-fi thing. You know, mm-hmm. hey folks, this is a Star Wars movie. Are you taking good? You're taking a picture of Dave's uh, frozen face. Uh, yes, um, but also, but it's. I mean, it also. I mean, as an audience member, when you sit down, the lights go down, you hear the fanfare, and then you see the crawl. It, it works to putting you in the in the headspace to be ready to be, you know, enjoying a Star Wars movie. So. Uh, Part of me thinks it's necessary. You kind of need to do that now more now because it's just ingrained into the experience of experiencing Star Wars. You can't you can't just simply do a Star Wars that's uh, that doesn't have it. So, 
Dave's back. Chapter seven. Chapter seven. Yeah, Yeah, subsection C. Yeah, no, no, you heard my joke. I I think you've got the gist of the joke. So, Um, yeah, it can be whatever you want. I would be even be okay with them retrofitting Solo and Rogue One with a crawl. Uh, and I'm not like rubble, the rubble, retro. Rubble, rubble, rubble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into the retrofitting thing, but you know, like in this case, I'd be okay with it, and I'd probably actually stand up and and you know, standing ovation for that. Um, but anyway, the opening crawl is back. So uh, yeah, and oh, go ahead, Fredo. No, I was just gonna say, and that's a good thing. I just, I, I think, I think the movies we didn't have them work. But I think we just like it better when they has it. It's, you know, it's a little bit of garnish on top of your dish. It well, just makes it that much better. It, it it's, I mean, it just that that main title and the crawl, just it's it's like the you know the ride up the hill on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. If yeah. you if you were to start in a roller coaster that just starts flat and just drops you, I mean, sure that'd be a different. It's. I mean, it's just setting you up for the ride, you know? Um, yeah. But. Yeah. And like uh, the only other comparison I can make that's even close is uh, uh, Superman, um, the yeah. Richard Donner films. Because you hear that, dun, 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 you know, and you're like, oh. all right, I'm ready. I'm here with Superman. Let's go, you know? And um, the, the, the sequel that came out, the Brian Singer sequel that came out like so many years back. Was- um, he opened with that, and I'm like, "Oh, you get it." <laughs> <laughs> the movie was like, "Eh, whatever." But I was, I was in. Well, I, I mean, 100%. we we all talk, it, we all talk about it. Anytime you hear the 20th Century Fox, you know, from 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 from, and it yep. doesn't follow with the Star Wars main title, it's like you feel like it, it's a cheap shot, you know? Aww. So, uh, but anyway, uh, all right. So we talked also about the new Jedi order movie, um, Filoni's Mandoverse culmination. She said, quote, there's a lot of sources he's drawing from to see where we're going. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think, making- I think we are, we are setting date. We're, we're seeing Dave Filoni's promotion in process. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he is the heir apparent storytelling, you know, or maybe not necessarily storytelling, but he's, he's the new George Lucas, you know, as far as Star Wars lore is concerned. I'm not saying he is as innovative, you know, uh, as in what George was doing in his vision for special effects and vision for movie making. But when it comes to Star Wars storytelling, I think I trust Dave Filoni over about, you know, about anybody. And like I said, to see him get his, uh, get a, he's going to be directing a movie. Um, I think we're seeing his promotion and process. He's paid yeah. his dues, right? Like we've been talking about this since the, I think the beginning. This is of like the... his doctoral thesis, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's yeah, done no. with his doctoral work and now he's, you know, going to, he's going to defend his thesis. He's done everything but direct a feature film uh, at this point. And so for this, and this is the right project. I think everybody is like, okay, I got to tie all these different uh, and uh, characters and stories together and and, then tie the lore up and in a fairly satisfying way. It's like, okay, yeah. And it is not lost on him either. If you watch the um, interview with him Mm -hmm. and John Favreau on the star Wars show on the stage, 
um, you can see that on YouTube. He starts to tear up at one point where he, you can just tell he's overwhelmed by the, the trust that we all have given him. You know, I think he's mm -hmm. like, I think it's finally hit him of, Oh crud. What, how, how did I get here? You know, he was just an, yeah. an he was just an animator on, you know, um, avatar, you know, new airbender. And then it's just like, just how you see the, how the dominoes fell. So anyway, yeah, and, and uh, that quote that Kathleen Kennedy gives, it's, I mean, she's talking about how he's going to be drawn from stuff all the way back in Clone Wars and Rebels, all the way through all the Disney Plus shows. So it leads you to know, I mean, the only guy who could probably do this project is Dave Filoni, because he's the one who's been living, breathing with these characters for so long, which brings me a question to mind. Do you think we'll see Captain Rex in this movie? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We might see oh. Captain Rex in the what we're going to talk Ahsoka. about next. So <laughs> let's talk about Ahsoka. That was the other big thing because we actually all saw the trailer for that one. And um, that was a good trailer. I'm excited Very for good. this show. Um, everybody is thrown off by the orange lightsabers. And Dave Filoni <laughs> said that was a purposeful. No, he said it was not a, a screw up said that they purposefully made it made them like just off red not quite red not quite red and so i find that's interesting and also in that trailer if you notice it looks like um ahsoka and whoever this balin is is battling in the world between worlds mm -hmm. so yes. so ki i kids you're gonna have to go watch you know some rebels episodes and it's actually the episode the world between worlds or yeah world between worlds and if you watch the episode before it and maybe the one after it it might help a little bit um but that's going to get people a little bit wonky if we don't know what's going on there short version of that is it involves time travel in a certain from a certain point of view uh, well, I so, love how in that in that Rebels episode you hear Obi Wan say, you know, it's an energy field that you know between all living yeah. things, you know, it binds the universe together. So basically, you're in the Force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like in a, in a physical way that that connects different uh, uh, points in time, uh, and, and and like the. The storyline in Rebels is that the Emperor becomes aware of this, tries to take it over because it's like obviously unspeakable power for him to potentially possess this ability to travel through time. Um, and so, you know, watch the series to see how that ends. But um, yeah, man, like they're going to you got to be careful with that. You got to be real careful with that. I saw somebody that said, like, uh, you know how this this uh, this uh, Mandoverse is going to end. They're gonna they're gonna travel through time with Grogu, and he becomes Yoda. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh no, no, no! Don't speak that evil into into happening. <laughs> I was like, that would be the most ham fisted thing. I mean, I guess they could make it work, but like, no, 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 no. So, like, yes, time travel dangerous, uh, but yet your your keen eye 
that's that's like the biggest takeaway by far from that trailer is like yeah they're fighting in a place that looks exactly like that location yeah which we were told there was no other way to get back into except you know after rebels because you could only get into it through the temple on low fall so how the heck are they in there there's always there's always another door um (laughs) so um I, like I said, I, I like the look at the trailer. We saw the the same lady from season two of the Mandalorian. Um, the the trailer that we all saw, we saw the back of Thrawn, and I, I had the 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 Peter Griffin, you know, meme of oh, he said the thing, he said the thing because he, she said, you know, Thrawn coming back as heir to the Empire, heir to the uh, Empire. Millions of nerds all peed their pants all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I guess in the trailer that they showed at the Ahsoka panel actually showed then um, Lars face. Mickelson showed his face mm-hmm. uh, so the guy who voiced Thrawn from Rebels is going to be playing Thrawn in Ahsoka which is cool because that voice is very cool um, but I will say seeing uh, live action Sabine she looks like Sabine you know she it, it had the attitude of Sabine. So I was like, that's cool. Um, Hera was, you know, I was kind of like that, that one had me kind of just off. I'll have to see how the character, you know, we only saw her say like five words. So it's kind of yeah. tough. Um, but, uh, action chopper. Yeah. Live action chopper. And, uh, uh. so, but like I said, the whole thing just looked great. I thought, and I just thought the trailer was well, well put together. And I think um, what's interesting about uh, the like the shared universe um, and Ahsoka and where we're headed and they keep teasing Thrawn and like he's being set up as the kind of the big bad of this era. Um, And heir to the Empire, that was the old EU, the, the old books were all about him. And so like all the fans that read those books, it's really responsible for the renaissance of Star Wars. I don't think if the Zahn trilogy, if that didn't exist, I don't think, I think people's interest in Star Wars would have just kind of waned. It would have been potentially. Um, And, and so like those books were really important to a lot of people and then they retconned them out of existence and pissed a lot of people off. And so like the people who would be most excited about live action Thrawn are the people that you've sort of alienated. Um, so it's a really interesting choice to sort of center your shared universe and your Ahsoka series around him. Um, I I love the character. I don't. I'm not angry about how all of that the the old EU was treated necessarily, um, but I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing, you know. It's like if the MCU was like, we're gonna center our universe around a character that's really important to a bunch of people we already pissed off um are you trying to win them back maybe a little bit um i don't know i mean he's the he's a logical choice it's just i mean they they did it you know they started it in rebels and Mm -hmm. they didn't have to bring him but they brought him in rebels yeah and he just became such a good villain i mean he is the star wars thanos 
this he's point. Com- yeah. Because I mean, com- you know, Vader is is not the Star Wars Thanos. Neither is the Emperor. You know, because they're they don't they don't calculate enough. They're, 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 I guess they're yeah. you know they're they got tunnel vision. You know, and and Thrawn. You know, yeah, I, I just think he's a good he's a good baddie. So he's he's the type of villain. You know. I mean, he draws from the everybody from like Professor Moriarty to uh, other like Blofeld, you know, classic Blofeld, you know, the, all these cerebral villains who don't walk into a room unless they know what's going to happen in that room. You know, they beat you before you start making moves. So that's what makes them so exciting and so interesting because it's a different threat than, say, uh, Vader. Vader is emotion. You saw Vader when when he got upset in Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's lashing out and he's got no problem lashing out. There's nothing you can do about it to him. Whereas with Thrawn, he's at his deadliest when he's the calmest. Because he's figuring out all the angles. He's going to find a way to beat you. And I think that's a different style of villain. Which I think is also needed because particularly in the time period that we're talking about, you shouldn't have a Vader style or Palpatine style villain at this point because we know that that's not what happens. We right. know that it's a different dynamic mm-hmm. happening. But a guy like Thrawn trying to bring back together what's left of the Empire, yeah, that that's a more realistic threat for these characters. But now this is not this these are not you know he's the more dangerous threat because what he threatens you with is not oh I'm just gonna take over for you. It's I'm here to. No, wreck everything you just did dave to your point the answer is yes i mean <laughs> th- that has to be like about 75 percent of the decision it's like okay we need a baddie it's like well let's use thrawn because we pissed all these people off and we could really win a good chunk of them back and that means disney plus subscribers that means you know so there's there's part of that you know i mean there's a reason again i mentioned all the time it's like hey if the crowd's not into it play brown eyed girl it will play rawhide you know and suddenly the blues <laughs> brothers good old bruce brothers boys band is you know popular at the bob's country bunker so it's um so yes i think that's it i think that probably was in the calculus um we will have tons of time to talk about ahsoka because yeah. that's coming out in august um of this year then skeleton crew um and i i watched uh the the boot did you guys watch the bootleg uh trailer mm-hmm. of skeleton crew did you wonder mm-hmm. why there was a pickup truck driving in in star wars that was weird but they that's one of the things they talked about how this is kind of they said goonies meets star wars but they're also talking about stranger things and people keep coming back saying yeah it looks like stranger things um but um but yeah, it, 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 it was, it was weird. It looked like we were in, like I said, in, in Iowa, but you know, but it was Star Wars. I, I just have to watch it to see it. But the big thing, I guess, and this was uh, in the panel when they uh, showed the, the whole trailer, Jude Law um, has some force abilities, folks. Mm-hmm. So there's some Jedi in your Star Wars and skeleton crew. And, um, uh, and also the pirate that split off from, you know, the rest of the pirates and the, the couple the episodes Hut. ago and uh, um, from Pizza the Hut, right? Uh, he's <laughs> he's in this like we we all gathered. Um, 
But I don't know what you what you think of what we heard from Skeleton Crew. We got Jude, I mean Jude Law is the kind of headliner on this, um, going for it's, an '80s Goonies vibe. Like so, we talked about that. Um, you no, know, no. To make a different uh, another Marvel comparison, we're talking about the crossover thing, right? I, I get reminded of the Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit, like a palate cleanser. Sure. Uh, but a, a subsection, a little subgroup that you can bring in to sort of maybe save the day or or a play off the other groups that, that you're already more familiar with. Um, and I could see them be sort of filling that sort of role. You know, I want to pause real quick because there's the thing that's I have to I have to I have arguments with myself all the time because the thing that makes me unsettled, it's like. I was told in 1983 that Luke was the last of the Jedi. You know, I, that's what I was told. And, and so it's like when all of a sudden it's like this person's got force powers and that person is still alive and this person's still running around. And where's Ezra? It's like it, it, it throws me off. But then it's like the Jedi, you know, the Jedi as a religion done coming back 15 years after rise of skywalker mm. but there are still people who are force sensitive there's still people who you know have these abilities so but it's and it's also i mean let's face it the person telling you telling luke skywalker that he was the last of the jedi in return of the jedi was a doddering was, old man oh <laughs> who no well no on his deathbed was somebody who had well, that, but more importantly, was somebody who went into self-imposed exile a generation prior. So he's, I mean, he may still have this connection to the Force. He doesn't have MSNBC. Like act- except, I, except, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, like except, like a- except he was talking with Ezra Bridger at the Jedi Temple in Lothal. So he knew that there were other Jedi out there. But not Jedi in the he didn't you know earn his that's true. He, didn't, is, he didn't earn his merit badge or something. But um, so but none of those Jedi could help Luke uh, at that point. I don't I mean think. to bring us down a rabbit hole, but it's just like all of a sudden it's like oh Jude Law's got force powers. My first inclination is like oh cool, but then I'm like wait a minute, and then I'm like all right yeah okay cool. It's just I go through this whole argument every single time, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we're already down the rabbit hole, right? Like the the mere existence of ah- Ahsoka sort of blows up the last of the Jedi thing. Uh, and again, like technicality, you know, she's not technically a Jedi. Maybe he, Jude Law is technically not a Jedi. You know, like those kinds of things. It's like, yeah, okay, you can you can talk yourself around it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I was just gonna say for Skeleton Crew. Yeah, by the way, one of the things that most intrigue, intrigues me, apparently, uh, the, so the creative force behind this is the guy who made the Marvel Spider-Man trilogy, John Watts, who, which, when you think about those movies, if you're going to get somebody to make a kid or a young person's in Star Wars story, you know, like a Goonies movie, he's probably as good as you're going to get right now. But then if you look at the list of the lineup of directors they got, so uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Lee Isaac Chung have done stuff for The Mandalorian. But then you get the Academy Award winning team of the Daniels, the guys who did everything, every role at once directing. You get the guy who made The Green Knight, David Lowry. I don't know if you've seen The Green Knight. Hmm. Uh, oh, it's with Dev Patel. It's it's really, it, you're talking art house film. It is awesome. Uh, and then you get, uh, you get Jake Schreier, who's directing Marvel's Thunderbolt. So, 
they're actually putting a really good lineup of directors behind this show, which kind of tells me that this is not going to be a little throwaway thing that they're just making to appeal to a younger generation necessarily. So to keep hustling through the the announcements here, we already talked about the acolyte um, in mm-hmm. good chunk there. Um, High Republic, Frozen meets uh, Kill Bill. Um, Look, one, one thing to bring up. One thing to bring up with the acolyte. You're gonna get a Wookiee Jedi. Yeah, Jonas <laughs> is coming in. He's playing mm-hmm. the Wookiee Jedi, so that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Comes out in 2024 uh, on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Uh, Tales of the Jedi is coming out with season two again. They listened to this podcast because we said I'd like to see more of that, so we get to see more of that. Um, uh, there's no date announced, but we do have a season two. Bad Batch is coming back for its third and final season, so we did get. Um, we're not getting a national treasure, you know, thing, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to see this conclude. And I think three seasons is good for bad batch. I, we, I kind of hinted that I thought this might be where we were headed, uh, that, uh, that we might only get a third season. Um, and it sounds like everybody is at peace with that and they're going to be able to tell their stories. Now, so. the thing I was concerned about, though, is because getting back to what Kathy Kennedy said, that Dave Filoni is going to be directing the culmination of the Mandoverse stuff. Does that mean that after that movie that we're done with the Mandalorian and all those shows? That can be just a rhetorical question. That's my fear. But then John Favreau said, you know, that there's no cap on the Mandalorian. So I don't know. It'll yeah, be interesting to see yeah, what I, happens. Yeah. It, I think it, it creates a dynamic where it puts, I mean, at some point you got to put these characters at risk. And if you know, there may not be a show coming back or you don't know how it's going to come out, you know, they might, ch- they may change it to the Mandalorians. So, um, Star Wars Visions Volume 2 is coming out on May the 4th. Um, again, nine new shorts um, animated by studios from around the globe. Um, apparently, uh, Wedge Antilles is going to be in one of the episodes, voiced by Dennis Lawson, um, who nice. was Wedge Antilles. Um, so that's kind of cool. So that's coming out not too dear distant future, May 4th. It's only a couple weeks away, folks. Um Young Jedi Adventures, it's a new show for kids that is coming out on uh, Star Wars Day as well. Disney Plus and Disney Junior. Um, this one's kind of cool. And if it, if it's going to be, does anybody know? Return of the Jedi is going back to the theaters on April 28th to celebrate the 40th anniversary. Do we know, is it going to be here in New Orleans? I'd assume, I'd assume the big national chains will be carrying it. So, I'm going. Uh, AMC... I'm... Yeah. I, I'm going. I don't care. It's that's it, my wife's favorite Star Wars movie. I've told her like I I need to get you on the podcast to sp- speak specifically about Return of the Jedi because that's her favorite. Um, uh, and I I feel a little bit proud about this one because this was one that I sort of predicted. I was like, they're doing something special for Return of the Jedi. They have to. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll claim a win on this one since you're claiming a win for Lando. There we go. And uh, the, the last big announcement they had was uh, the next celebration is going to be in Japan <laughs> on uh, uh, 2025, um, April 18th through April 20th, um, 2025. 
um so yeah yeah that's it's it's so kind of it's, it's kind of cool that mm-hmm. uh that star wars is it's a global thing and it's like the mm-hmm. instant the instant american reaction is that's too far away you know but it's like what about japanese fans they got to come to either orlando or anaheim you know so shut up <laughs> and and buy a ticket or don't you know so but it is it's that it's that guttural american you know um reaction of yeah but yeah so well particularly when you see all the all the footage from all the cosplayers and all the fans who are at celebration this year those are all the people from the uk from europe from that neck of that side of the globe who finally got a celebration to go to who had all the stars not just in the movies but the tv shows the anime shows all the authors you know they got an ex- they got to experience all that fun stuff right in their backyard so it's great when you can bring the circus comes to your town and it's like yeah we might not be able to have the money to go to Anaheim, but we might be able to go to down the street. You know, if you live somewhere in China or South Korea, go to Japan. Uh, one question I wanted to bring up, which is interesting: 2025 is 20th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. It is also when we're expecting in Christmas to have the next Star Wars movie, more likely the the uh, Ray Skywalker New Jedi movie. Do you think that's what's going to be the big thing propping it up there, or? What do you think we know? What what exciting thing might be the the centerpiece? I, I mean, it's it would probably be more along the lines of the next theatrical release, because um, mm-hmm. up with all due respect, I don't think Revenge of the Sith is a the the tent pole that's going to make people fly across the globe to a celebration. I'm with like I said, with all due respect. Um, but I will say, I, know, I apologize. Be, I forgot I was asking you about the revengeless. With as, but as a, I was going to make a nice little segue here, so let's talk about it. Dave because Dave's the one with kids and has to mm-hmm. uh, live probably by about three or four different calendars throughout the house. So he has organized everything that is coming out um, based on the announcements and celebrations. So Dave, you want to hit us with this timeline here? Yeah, just sort of like recap everything that we've talked about and all these announcements. And you're you're probably like your head is spinning potentially at home, thinking like, "Wow, gosh, when are all these shows coming out? And what when are the movies coming out?" Uh, and just briefly recap them here for you. Okay, so the Return of the Jedi re-release is coming out later this month. Okay, April twenty eighth. Uh, shortly after that we will get the second season of Star Wars Visions, uh, which my kids, by the way, are very excited about. Um, My oldest daughter is a big anime fan, uh, and she liked the first. So uh, she is super excited about that one. Uh, If your kids uh, trend a little bit younger, Young Jedi Adventures is the next show, um, and that is coming out on May the 4th as well. Um, So if if you like if your kids are older and into anime or if they're younger uh, and they need something tailored for them, they're, we're going to get two different uh, animations uh, at that point. Later in the summer is when Ahsoka drops in August. Uh, after that, towards the end of the year, I, we don't have an exact date on this yet, um, but end of 2023, start of 2024, is when Skeleton Crew, the Jude Law series, 
is gonna is gonna land. Um, Andor season two is scheduled for next August, August twenty twenty four, and the Acolyte is in a bit, and the Bad Batch are also scheduled for twenty twenty four, but neither has had a, a, a date attached or even a, a season. So um, twenty twenty four, right now you're looking at Andor. The Acolyte and Bad Batch, uh, with Andor in uh, August. Now the next um, the next three you're kind of speculating here, right? The next three are speculation based on what we know, um, and this is where we get into the movies. So no movies for the next couple of years, but 2025 is kind of the earliest date that that's been speculated, and. We're thinking right now that that will be the Jedi Order movie uh, with Daisy Ridley because the script is basically basically done. Uh, Daisy's already attached, and it seems to be the one that's furthest along and the one that's probably the safest one. Now, the other the other option, hey, Mangold's thing, he may be ready. Uh, he may have a story done. He may have, be ready to go, but his is the riskiest movie of the three. Um, so I don't think they'll go with that first. So I think if Daisy's project is ready first, they'll go with that. Um, the Filoni movie really, it really just depends on the schedules. Um, how far along are they in the shared universe stuff? Well, and let's also we don't we think ahsoka skeleton crew um they could they could just end up stinking beyond all belief (laughs) and it's like ooh, we're not going to make a movie when nobody watched these shows and i've seen speculation that ahsoka season two they're ready to green light um just depending on how the first season is received um and so like that that's another possibility they may not be ready to to dive straight into a movie at that point they may want a second season of ahsoka we know that um favreau has already written if not all of season four uh most of season four of the mandalorian uh and so season four of the mandalorian is is on deck um for an in development at this point and um, we don't know when that will drop. Um, so the shared universe stuff, it's kind of like, I, it seems a little less likely that it would be ready for 2025. It might be, um, but it's probably a less less sure of a bet. And again, I really don't think they're going to want to lead off with Mangold's project. You know, the uh, the Filoni thing, like you said, the, the concept of it is safe, I think. Um but he's a rookie director. That that's Star an, Wars rookie. That's an I mean that's an element, right? Yeah. Um, there's uh, so I mean so there's there's some X factors there. All right. So then the rest of this stuff. Uh, so you think James Mangold comes after that? Comes third out of the gate, probably. And then everything else is just we know things that we know that are in development, and we just we they don't have dates yet. Tales yeah. of the Jedi season two we know is coming eventually. We don't know when. Mando season four we know is coming, but we don't know when. Um, 
Tyka's still in development. Lando still in development. Ryan Johnson still in development. Um, and there you go. Um, so we have a pretty good picture through 2024, and we think at least one movie is probably going to drop in 2025. I've been to three Star Wars celebrations. I don't think we've ever gotten this much news out of a celebration. It's usually one thing is, like you said, the tent pole. Um, yeah. And this was, there was, of course, there, <laughs> there wasn't a new thing on the horizon one big new thing on the horizon so they kind of had to come out with all this stuff um so i thought they did it well so um think do you think there's any kind of risk in that just from the standpoint of we've been here before with star wars with announcements from disney about all the stuff and then you know half of the stuff doesn't materialize because stuff happens and I'm not necessarily want to be the negative Nancy in the group because I love this idea. And I think if we're looking for Filoni's movie, I would suggest the 2027 release date. But at the same time, I think I've read somewhere that there may still be some jostling for release period to post 2025 because James Cameron's still working on his Avatar movies and they may be delayed. And if stuff gets delayed, this is going to want to move something up or whatnot. So... I, I, th- I think I it's all about timing, but yeah. I don't think they would have announced any of these movies if they weren't all a certain bit down sure. the road. It's not like, mm-hmm. I don't think they would have just talked to James Mangold, you know, the night before and it's like, all right, we're going to announce your movie then at Star Wars Celebration. They're not going to do that. Um, they're not, you know, so I think, I think some of these things have to be, like I said, they had Daisy Ridley lined up and they have all the script nerds. So that's seems solid, you know, now they brought out Lord Miller, you know, in a celebration and then they got replaced, but the movie didn't get replaced. The movie still happened. So can things happen? Things can happen. Absolutely. Things can happen. Um, but the, I don't, the, I think, I, I think was... they've probably received enough criticism of all the shelving of stuff that they're not going to come out and promise the moon and deliver, you know, a pizza. So I could, I could see some of these movies um, not happening or, or morphing into something else because it's already happened. Right. We, um, the, the Obi-Wan thing, the Boba Fett thing. Um, so like those things eventually happened. And the optimist we talked about in me, this. though, the optimist in me is wondering, hoping that maybe they've figured out how to, they've gotten their house in order. You know, it seemed so in disarray since. I'm sorry to interrupt you. There's, it mm-hmm. seemed like in such disarray since, you know, post the Last Jedi, that maybe is like, hold on, everybody, let's let's figure this mess out. You know, so maybe maybe they have you know gotten their their ducks in a row. I I'm again I'm most excited about Daisy Ridley, and it's because I think it's the most likely to happen. Um, and I think like there's a very very strong chance that that movie's going to hit theaters one way or the other. Oh, see, and uh, if so- I was to put money down, if I was put money, I'd put hundred bucks down that the Filoni movie happens before the Daisy Ridley one does. If you were to say which one is going to, because we've already you just got, said though, you just said Ahsoka could 
I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's a possibility, but we've yeah. also, I mean, but they've also got people, they, they've got a lot of the R&D already done on a lot of these, and, you know, as, and costuming and everything else that, you know, things are kind of ready to go, you know, and if Dave's got a story, then, you know, like I said, if I had to put money down, I'd put it on the uh, Mandoverse one. That doesn't mean that's the one I want to I see think- first, but... But except yeah. the fact that they got Daisy Ridley tells me that, again, that it's pretty solid. Yeah. I think that's solid as heck. Uh, the Because of the stuff you were just saying about the, like, um, uh, you know, like what if multiple series, like, are not received well and people don't like them, uh, they get panned, people aren't tuning in. They'll shelve that. They'll shelve that baloney movie. And like everybody will be sad about it. Star Wars fans will be sad about it. Um, but they'll do it if they if they think it's gonna save them from like, you know, a box office bomb. Uh and uh and they'll do it in a second. So like any of this, I think grain of salt, the daisy thing, I'm really optimistic about though. I just I mean, you don't bring her aboard and sign her to a deal and, and parade her on stage if you don't think that's happening. Yeah, I guess for me, I think if, if any of these three is going to happen, Daisy's movie is going to happen easiest. Just because Dave Filoni's, you could always repurpose back into the Disney Plus yeah. side of things. You could, you could pull up a card out of Marvels and do a Defender-style show. You know, just, okay, Dave, we're not making a movie anymore. We're making a five-part TV series, much in the same way like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that's where all these characters, you know, they started there. We're going to finish it up there. I get, you know, because you can still do it that way and still have something out and people can still feel happy that they got something without making it into a movie. Whereas I think the whole concept and idea behind the new Jedi Order, bringing back Daisy, Plus, you know, the fact you had Lindelof at one point involved and all that, that leads me to think that they're far along the track on that, that that, and I think I've read somewhere that they're hoping to, to once the script is finished and locked in, go into filming early in 2024. So that, you know, with the eye towards 2025 being the release date. So that leads me to think that's going to happen for certain. Now, James Mangold is right now finishing touches on Indiana Jones 5. They're going to do the press tour. He could very well just jump right into making his movie and we could have a dynamic where, weirdly enough, it's Filoni's Mandelverse movie that comes out the third because, you know, the ducks don't line up well. I mean, he's got to get set up all these TV shows. Those got to go finish up in a certain way so that you can put that movie out. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of moving parts for that one movie specifically because it's not just, oh, bring a character X in here. It's, you know, Skeleton Crew, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, you know, everything has to line up in a way so that that feels like a conclusion. Well, hey, folks, let us know what you're most excited about. All these announcements. What What is uh, getting you all giddy? Let us know on Twitter. Um, hit us up on Facebook, stuff like that. Hit us up on the street. Who cares? Um, we'll talk to you in Star Wars on yeah. the street. Um, but uh, until then, everybody. We'll Fredo, just... you, got, you got one parting shot, Fredo? Yeah, I was just going to say right quick. I mean, we didn't even... This was just the movie and TV side. We didn't even get into the video games, the comic books, the High Republic Phase 3 announcement. Uh, There was a ton. I mean, every day was just jam-packed with stuff. And 
it was all awesome and cool. So, you know, start saving your pennies for for Chiba <laughs> Japan if you will get the next one. All right. Well, with that, we'll say who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And everybody have a great week. Matanki.